Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on News Talk 96.5 KPL, the Joe Cunningham Show, live every day, 3 to 4 p.m. Glad to be on the air with y'all today. The roads are slick. Uh, a lot of the rain appears to have moved out uh, for the moment. Uh, looking like some scattered showers uh, over the next couple hours, but for the rest of the time, basically, uh, it looks like we are kind of uh, kind of clear of the rain uh, for the next couple hours. Again, some chances, but we could be uh, fairly clear into the evening. The roads are slick, though, as Mark mentioned during the news update. Uh, as of about 30 minutes ago, we had a vehicle accident with injuries on Johnston uh, uh, at the intersection with Jackson. So be careful out there. The show notes are live, kpel965.com. If you want to go and see the topics of the day and to start, uh, you know, cannot ignore the top local political news story of the day. And that is, of course, Mayor President Josh Guillory. Uh, I just want to spend a few minutes on that before moving on. Um, I've seen on social media today and I've. I've heard from some folks uh, who kind of have mocked the situation. Uh, Josh Guillory, if you have not heard the news, of, it was in our newscast just now, but uh, he has decided to go ahead and take uh, really kind of preemptive measures, check himself into, uh, I think, an outpatient rehab situation uh, for alcohol abuse, uh, citing uh, PTSD uh, based, uh, you know, from from his time in the military, having served in Iraq, and the the stresses of the job and everything, uh, said to the Daily Advertiser, uh, you know, he found himself kind of not not drinking during the job, uh, but in a statement today said that uh, he had found himself using it as, as a crutch after hours, and it was you know risking relationships with friends and family. So he's kind of taking preventative measures, going to basically be working remotely as, 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 while other people kind of handle the day-to-day stuff. He'll be still be doing work as mayor president of Lafayette Parish. And I've seen some of the comments, and I've heard some of the comments today, and we need as a community, in every aspect, but including this, we need to remember to show some grace and show some love and pray for our elected leaders, regardless of their political affiliation. We need to remember that the folks who serve elected office are only human. They are not the enemy. They are not somebody that we should see as an enemy, but they are simply human. And oftentimes they can be somebody with whom we disagree. And, to mock or belittle or shrug off or anything like that in this situation uh, is is damaging to us as a community. Whenever a politician says that they are entering rehab, they are stepping down from office, they are experiencing some personal issues, oftentimes, yes, there is something underneath going on that we may or may not ever be privy to. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't pray for their, their recovery. Uh, take Karen Carter-Peterson, for example. 
uh, when she announced she was resigning from office over gambling addiction. We knew something was coming down the pike, but we also, you know, I, I made sure to say, hope for a recovery in this for the uh, Louisiana senator. Much the same way here. I don't I don't know if there's anything. I don't think there's anything like illegal that's happened that is forcing Josh Guillory to step aside. I don't think it's anything like that, you know, like the Karen Carter Peterson thing. But, you know, there there's always going to be something just under the surface. And we should we should be wary of that. We should absolutely offer up some grace and some prayers. And I say this, I I think I might have said this story on the air before. But, uh, you know, I, when I was growing up, my, my grandmother, who, whom I loved dearly, was full-blown alcoholic, had, had gone into rehab, was struggling, uh, had depression. I woke up on the morning of September 11th, 2001, not to the news stories of the terror attacks in New York and in Washington, D.C., but to the, the news that my grandmother had committed suicide. Because alcoholism, the beast that is alcoholism, had consumed her. And so it's an issue that I, I do not like to be seen taken trivially. And it's an issue that I know if it's not a beast that you take control of, it is a beast that will take control of you. And so I have nothing but well wishes and prayers for the mayor president uh, and his family going forward. And that's all I want to say on that. Again, it's a news, it's a news and talk show we talk about uh the politics of the day that's the biggest political story of the day i would be remiss in ignoring it but i don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it he has asked for uh privacy for his family and so in the interest of that not going to go any further into it uh 232-1542 if you want to join in the conversation well, let's go ahead and take the take the early break here when we come back we'll get into the national news of the day like the Biden administration wanting to change the definition of a recession in order to make sure that nobody says that they are that we're in a recession when a GDP report comes out next week, uh, this week. All that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk ninety six point five KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk ninety six point five KPL. It is a big, big week if you are a data and numbers and economics nerd. Tomorrow, the Consumer Confidence Index numbers will come out. The Federal Reserve will have a meeting and its decision on interest rates on Wednesday. On Thursday, second quarter economic growth will be announced. And on Friday, we will get even more information uh, with just a mo- what, what Politico is describing as a monster run of data. Deutsche Bank is actually suggesting that the flood of information that will be out uh, this week will leave investors breathless. And the Biden team has decided that this, none of this actually means that we're in a recession. Now, let me, let's, let's first explain what a recession is. A recession is classically defined as two quarters of, an, of the economy shrinking, of the GDP shrinking, falling instead of rising. That is the historical definition. Any time that we have had two straight quarters of the GDP shrinking, that is an indicator of a recession. 
Now, remember what I told you several months back. With high inflation, the Fed has no choice but to start raising interest rates. The way you combat inflation, first and foremost, is by starting to raise interest rates. But every time the Fed raises interest rates by a significant amount, there is always a recession that follows. That is just how the cycle of economics works here in the United States and around the world. If the Atlanta branch of the Federal Reserve prediction is correct, then as of Thursday's report, we will see that the U.S. shrank, the U.S. GDP shrank, by 1.6%, which is the same shrink that we saw in the first quarter of the year. And if that's the case, then by the classical definition, we are in a recession. The Biden administration is preemptively out there now saying, well, that's actually not the definition of a recession. The Biden administration is actually changing the definition of recession. What is a recession? The White House said in a statement today. While some maintain that two consecutive quarters of falling real GDP constitute a recession, that is neither the official definition nor the way economists evaluate the state of the business cycle. Instead, both official determinations of recession and economic and economists' assessment of economic activity is based on a holistic look at the data, including the labor market, consumer and business spending, industrial production, and incomes. Based on these data, it is unlikely that the decline in GDP in the first quarter of this year, even if followed by another GDP decline in the second quarter, indicates a recession. So let's talk about that for a second. Let's take a look at that holistic data. Let's take a look at that holistic batch of information. The economy is currently seeing low unemployment, and strong job creation. But there's a limited supply of goods, super high prices, and dismal consumer and business confidence. Not only that, but the low unemployment is thanks in large part to a lot of people simply getting out of the job market and an overabundance of jobs that major businesses are now scaling back. They're now shutting down a lot of their hiring. I know of several companies in several industries. I can name them off the top of my head. Uh, Walmart, Amazon, Fox News, other major companies have not only started winding down their hiring, but they're actually, this is important, they're actually closing down job openings. They have decided that some of the job openings they have, they're simply not going to fill. They're shutting those openings down. So while jobs have been created, no one's filling those jobs. We have millions of open jobs in our economy right now. And if those jobs aren't getting filled, people aren't making those salaries. And if they're not making those salaries, they are not spending their money in the economy to help stimulate the economy. And things only get progressively worse. The Biden administration is out there hoping, hoping 
that the National Bureau of Economic Research is going to look at all of the data that I mentioned, this holistic batch of data, and they're going to say, no, we're not in a recession just because the GDP shrank two, two quarters in a row. But the problem for the Biden administration is this. The National Bureau of Economic Research announced the U.S. was in a recession in December of 2008. That had begun, they had announced that we were in a recession that had begun one year earlier in January of 2008. So it's not as though they're actually on top of things when they make their declarations. The Biden administration is hoping for that. They are hoping. that the National Bureau of Economic Research says, no, we're not in a recession yet. They don't make any declarations of it. But the Biden administration, regardless of what the NBER says, look around you. Look at the polling data. Look at the prices when you go into the supermarket. Look at the prices when you go to the gas pump. Look at the prices when you try to buy a car. Everything is much higher and it's much more difficult for people to go out and buy the things they need, to find the things they need. And it's much more difficult for people to therefore feel confident that the economy isn't already in a recession. Americans already think we're in a recession. Now, a declaration of a recession may be 13 months away. But everyone right now feels like we're in a recession. Everyone right now assumes we're in a recession. They are curtailing their spending accordingly. There's been less travel this summer. Because of the price of everything, you know, not just gas. People are enjoying their staycations a little bit more. People are, are not going out to eat as much. They are not going on trips as much. They are not going out and, and buying things nearly as much. Demand for mortgage. Demands for new mortgages are down significantly. Consumers are paying roughly 10000 more for used cars than they would in a normal economy. For used cars. They're paying as much for a used car right now that is one to three years old. They're paying almost as much as they would for a brand new vehicle right now. Everyone already assumes we're in a recession. So whether or not the National Bureau of Economic Research says we're in a recession, everyone in America feels like we're in a recession. And it's got consumer, uh, consumer confidence is way down. We're going to see that number come out this week, and it's going to be down. It's going to be another record number. 
And all of this is happening right now as the Biden administration continues to deal with the fact that they have nothing to their name politically. They want desperately to change the definition of what is historically a recession to try to avoid getting any of the blame when everything hits the fan. But before we go on this break, let me tell you this headline. The Washington Post, in an opinion, is okay with saying Joe Biden shouldn't run for office again. Imagine that. More on that after this break. 232-1542 if you want to call and be part of the show. Let's go ahead and take our bottom of the hour news break. When we come back, all sorts of headlines today here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 if you want to be part of the program. Glad to be with y'all today in a stunning Peace at the Washington Post. The message is clear. Joe Biden, please don't run for office again. Now, the reason that they're giving for this is actually kind of funny. The reason for uh, the reason that they're saying they don't want Joe Biden to run again is this. First and foremost, the midterm elections this November would become about key issues in the quality of individual House and Senate candidates rather than the merits of Biden's presidency and whether voters feel he should run again. So ostensibly, if Joe Biden says, I'm not running for office again right now, everything becomes about just the House and Senate. What has the House and Senate done? What have they done aside from passing an American rescue plan that was Biden's agenda and also sent a spiraling into record inflation? What have they done other than twice try to ram through a pro-abortion bill that would uh, codify Roe versus Wade and allow abortions up to the point that the child fully exiting the womb is the only time you couldn't have an abortion? What else? What, uh, what, what else have they done? Uh, they've bickered a whole lot. They passed an infrastructure bill with no infrastructure projects currently underway because of the economy they helped create. The merits of the House and Senate candidates. Hmm. Well, the incumbents have gotten nothing done. Oh, dear. Maybe that's not the hill you want to die on. But wait, there's more. Once the expense of spirit, dollars, actions, and arguments to keep alive the possibility of a second term is ended, the need for Biden to posture or tactically temporize will be gone, too. That new freedom would permit him to say with absolute conviction that every ounce of his energy, focus, and political capital will be devoted to addressing the nation's immediate needs and the matters he feels most deeply shape our future. When has Biden not done that? He's already declaring a climate emergency so he can take executive action on issues that he can't get through Congress. All Joe Biden not declaring he's going to run in 2024 means that a bunch of Democrats are going to openly step up to the plate and say they're running now. But here's the thing. The peace gives away the game. Joe Biden is a hindrance to the Democrats. He is not the savior 
of the Democrats or democracy as they once believed. This is the man who could beat Donald Trump. And they were absolutely right. He is the man who could beat Donald Trump. But at the cost of putting in an old man who appears to be losing it, frankly, on public stage. Putting in somebody with a weak Congress. That's not his fault. It is not Joe Biden's fault that the Democrats have a five-seat majority in the House and a 50-50 split in the Senate. But because of that, Joe Biden can't get anything done in Washington, D.C., which, to be absolutely fair, has been his modus operandi since he got into office 50 years ago. Joe Biden is the king of not getting things done. And since he's been in office, what has Joe Biden gotten done? Well, he orchestrated the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan, a withdrawal that his military advisors said was ill-advised. He's, uh, he's watched the collapse of his party in public polling. His one meaningful piece of legislative of, uh, agenda sent us into inflation. The bipartisan infrastructure bill has led to no infrastructure work. He's doubled and tripled down on an energy crisis by proclaiming that we're not going to increase domestic production. And his only excuse right now is, well, the oil companies don't want to invest anymore. They want to hold on to their profits. They want to give it back to their investors. They don't want to actually produce more oil. But he's not going to do anything to get rid of the red tape that prevents oil companies from having to pay a massive sum in order to try and produce any oil or gas in the country. Everything Joe Biden has touched has died. But there's this one columnist at the Washington Post who gets prominent position at the paper to say Joe Biden doesn't need to run again because if he were just not running, then he could go out there and he can say what he really means. And he could do the three things he really wants to do. He's tried that. He's tried to do the things that he wants to do. And what happened? He got shut down by members of his own party. He's now having to take unpopular executive action. But word is out now. The word is out. You can say openly in the media, in the Democratic Party, Joe Biden shouldn't run again. It's fair game to say that now. Whereas just mere months ago, if you or I had said, I don't know, Joe Biden looks pretty weak. Doesn't look like he's all there. Looks like the age, looks like the job is all getting into him. We'd have been called conspiracy theorists. We would have been told that we were conspiracy theorists. We were anti-democratic. We're just uh, MAGA nutbags. If we think that Joe Biden isn't fit for office, mentally, physically, whatever. But now you can openly say that in the, among the Democratic Party and in the media. You can openly say it. Biden's too weak to be president. He should, step, he should step aside, let somebody else come in. Thanks for taking away the presidency from Donald Trump. Now it's somebody else's turn. But as I told you in the last segment, we are looking at a deluge, an absolute deluge, which is a great term to use. 
I love saying that word. Rolls right off the tongue. Deluge. Of information coming out this week. That shows that the economy under Joe Biden is getting progressively worse. That's the only progressive thing that Biden has been able to do is make the economy progressively worse. The economy has collapsed under his leadership. So now we can go ahead and say, hey, look, you know what? Thank you, Mr. President. It's time for you to step aside. Time for you to go back to Delaware for good. Meanwhile, Democrats are losing their minds over Hulu. Do you know why? Because while they want Joe Biden to step aside, they also want Hulu to run all of their ads without question. And Hulu, as a streaming company, which, by the way, is owned by Disney... Hulu is not running several Democrats' ads on gun control, abortion, and climate change without context. The Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee, this is according to MSNBC News, or MSN News. The Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee, Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, and Democratic Governors Association tried to purchase joint ads on abortion and guns with Hulu on July 15th, along with identical placement on a Disney-affiliated ABC affiliate in Philadelphia and the company's cable sports channel ESPN. The Hulu ads never ran while the others did. The executive directors of the three committees in a joint statement said, Hulu's censorship of the truth is outrageous, offensive, and another step down a dangerous path for our country. Voters have the right to know the facts about MAGA Republicans' agenda on issues like abortion, and Hulu is doing a huge disservice to the American people by blocking voters from learning the truth about the GOP record or denying these issues from ever being discussed. A person, speaking on background to the reporter, said, We do accept candidate ads that reference those topics, but they need to be in context. In other, in other words, Hulu is not going to let you lie in a campaign ad. And the Democrats are furious they can't lie anymore. They're mad that they cannot lie to voters on streaming services. Let's go ahead and take a break. Let's talk about this a little more when we come back here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Don't forget, Offsides is up after this. Shannon and I will be talking about some other, uh, some other fun topics for the day. Plenty of good things to discuss there. The Democrats are mad because Hulu won't run some of their ads. Hulu says they need more context. Issues, uh, ads on issues like gun control, abortion, climate change, etc. None of the ads featured anything violent or controversial. But Hulu is owned by Disney. And Disney realized something. Disney realized that seeming to appear as or, or actually being active in the woke wars hurts. And so controversial subjects like gun control and abortion and climate change may turn some of their customers off. 
Now, it's very, very interesting. It's an interesting legal predicament here. Do you have to run the ads? Do you have to run political ads as an online streamer? The Democrats have realized. Uh, Raphael Warnock in Georgia actually, to a large extent, was very successful with this in 2020, ran a lot of highly specific ads, very, very targeted ads. So the, the ads were broken down by, uh, by demographic to the point where you could be in two separate homes streaming Hulu, streaming the exact same show, and you could be getting two different ads based on the information Hulu had on you. It's very possible to break down your political ads that way. And the Democrats really, really need to get their message out to young voters. Young voters, they are convinced, are still the savior of the party because young voters lean Democrat, but young voters are also the most inconsistent when it comes to the elections. And they are more desperate than ever to get the young voters on their side because of this. A record number of potential U.S. home buyers, according to CNBC, are seeking to relocate, according to a report that was published last week by a real estate brokerage firm, Redfin. The typical home in San Francisco or San Jose now costs more than $1.5 million dollars. Add in today's 5% plus mortgage rates and you have a sky-high monthly payment. But wait, there's more. Here are the top seven cities prospective home buyers are seeking to leave, not go to, seeking to leave, according to the Redfin report. San Francisco, Los Angeles, New York, Washington, D.C., Seattle, Boston, and Detroit. If you want to round out the top 10, Denver, Chicago, Minneapolis. What on earth could all of those cities have in common? Could it be their leadership? Could it be the Democrats in charge? Could it be that in many of these cities, district attorneys, prosecutors are not prosecuting problems with crime, homelessness, drug use, etc.? Could it be the progressive leadership has caused several of these cities to collapse to the point that even progressives are wanting to flee these utopian paradises? So where are the places that people want to move to Miami in a red state, Tampa in a red state, Phoenix, relatively red, sort of swing state, Sacramento, people leaving San Francisco to go to Sacramento, California, Las Vegas, swing state, Cape Corral, Florida, swing state. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, red state, San Diego, people leaving Los Angeles, fleeing to San Diego, which is a little bit more Republican, Northport, Florida, red state, San Antonio, Red state, Dallas, red state. Other than the two California cities, everything is a swing or red state. It's not in deep progressive control. That's important. 
That's important to know. It's important to know this because the Democrats are trying to target voters using online streaming. Those who stream their TV online tend to be younger and tend to not be the ones trying to buy homes in other places right now. They're still renting apartments. They're still managing to live with the lawlessness and crime in some of these progressive cities. But the young voters aren't going to turn out. They rarely do. They rarely turn out in enough numbers to really swing an election one way or another. The Democrats are all but giving up on any independent or moderate voters. They're hoping to keep their base alive. That's why Joe Biden's doing the the climate emergency stuff. It's not because he's trying to win people over to his side. He's just trying to keep his own party going to the polls so they can mitigate as much of the loss as possible. If 40% of the voters are Democratic and 40% are Republican and 10% are independent, he's trying to get as much of that 40% to go out to the polls in November as possible. He's trying desperately to make that happen. Not sure he's going to be successful at it. But he's trying so very desperately to get his own voters to go out. That's why the Democrats really, really want to get ads on Hulu. Not because they think they're going to get somebody to swing their way who was independent, undecided, or favoring Republican. Nope. Young voters who stream a lot of TV are by and large their voters already. And so they want to keep them engaged. They want to keep reminding them that Democrats are evil. I mean, the Republicans are evil. The Republicans are anti-democratic. The Republicans really, uh, they, they, they want to see the world burn. They want more kids to die in schools because of lack of gun control. They want to control your bodies, girls. But Hulu is saying you you can't run those ads without proper context. You can't just lie in an ad. And the Democrats are furious. Because that's one less tool in their arsenal that they can use to convince their voters to turn up in November. Once again, huge, huge problem for the Democrats. And tomorrow is going to be the start of that wonderful, wonderful deluge of data that shows that we're in a recession and it's only going to get worse. All right, 23 hours until the next Joe Cunningham show, but stick around here in the next hour. Offsides, me and Shannon talking about some other great topics for the day. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Uh, and be sure to listen to the podcast on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. You guys stick around, and I will talk to you again soon here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.